Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Merry Christmas. Welcome to Southside Online. Thank you for being a part of this day with us. And I'm so thankful that you would come and and open up God's word with us and let us speak his truth into your life today. I pray it'll be a blessing to you and help you grow in your faith with Jesus Christ. That is our mission. That is our desire. We want to build real followers of Jesus. And, um, And we want to invite you to help us make it real easy to go to heaven from right here where we are in Northeast Georgia. If you've never visited, one of our locations. Love for you to come and be a part of us. One at our South at our uh, South Jackson location is called Redstone, and uh, the other is our Commerce location at Banks Crossing. We would love for you to come and be a part of this with us, especially during the Christmas season. And uh, today we're talking about grace has a name. And we're looking at that through the lens, obviously, of Christmas and of who Jesus is as a person through the names of Christ. Last week we talked about how in John 1, he is the word. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Today we're gonna talk about the name Christ, Jesus Christ. What does that look like and what does that mean? Because why are we gonna talk about that during Christmas? Because Christmas, Christmas is neither a discussion nor a debate. Christmas, Christmas is a person and a person that came to literally change the world. See, today we live in a celebrity culture. We've, and, and, and even this day and time that Jesus lived was, was somewhat of that. But today, through social media and other types of avenues, we, we have the opportunity to become famous instantly. If you find the right niche, the right thing, the right message, the right tool, whatever it is, you could achieve that status almost instantaneous. And the, the problem with that is, as you see with some celebrities today, the more famous they become, the more visible they become to the public, the, the more they isolate and retreat back into seclusion. And they want to separate themselves from society. And uh, it's just the pressure. It's the, it's the always being on and always being ready and always being perfect and never being able to mess up. Well... If we're going to talk about the greatest celebrity in the history of the world, I think Jesus Christ has a great shot at being number one. Why? Because more books are written about him than any person in the history of the world, but he never wrote one. He never wrote a song, but yet there's more songs written about him than any person in the history of the world. When we talk about Jesus Christ, the name is, it's just, it's just it's celebrity status, and it still is. Even in the days that Jesus walked on the earth, people by the droves would just flock to him to see his miracles, to hear his message, to see what he said. And, and Jesus would withdraw many times to try to rest and find peace and find comfort, but people would find him, and he was always on. He was always ready. He never made a mistake. He was always there for me, to meet people and give them exactly what they needed in that day and time. See, I believe this. I believe that Jesus Christ is exactly the kind of man that you would want to save the world. And as a matter of fact, he's the kind of man that you would follow anywhere. 
And today we're kind of, or this series, we're walking through some of the names of Christ, the Word, the Christ, the Lamb of God, Emmanuel. Talking about the Word last week, John 1, verse 1, John wrote, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word you're looking for. Today, we talk about the term Christ. That is not referencing Jesus' last name, by the way. It's not his first name, Jesus, and Christ is his last name. Jesus is his name that the angel told Mary and Joseph that they would give him because he would save his people from their sin. Christ, however, is not just a reference to his last name or his surname. It is his title. It is who he is, it is what he represents, and who he came to fulfill. Because throughout the Old Testament, the prophecies throughout the Old Testament, the Old Testament book is a book of announcements. It is a book where they are announcing this, they are announcing these things. But the New Testament is a book of fulfillment. And we see Christ coming to fulfill the prophecies, the teachings, and the the message of the Old Testament And so many people missed him. But I don't want you to miss him today. And I want you to know that Jesus Jesus Christ is exactly, and probably a better way to say it is Jesus the Christ. The term Christ means Messiah. It means anointed one. It means one sent from heaven to rescue mankind from their sin. Jesus the Christ is exactly the kind of man you would want to save the world. I love a story that's found in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 16. And what is so cool about the gospel of Matthew, it serves as a bridge between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John are the four gospels, and they are four men who wrote about the life of Jesus Christ here on earth. And so Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very similar in their writings. John was a little bit different, but they all are communicating the life of Jesus, the message of Jesus to different people groups. Mark wrote to the Romans, Luke to the Greeks, John to everybody, and they all wrote to describe Jesus in a specific way. Matthew wrote to the Jews, and he wrote to the Jews to show them that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah King that had come to rescue them, not from, not from governmental tyranny, but from their sins, from a greater need and a greater issue. And so there are different references throughout the Gospels of where someone referred to Jesus as the Christ. But in Matthew 16, Jesus asked his disciples specifically who he was. And I love the story. It's such a great story to tell. It's about two years into the public ministry of Jesus. He began his public ministry. In other words, he's kind of stepped out into the public arena and declared, hey, I'm, I'm here. And he begins to publicly minister and serve and do miraculous things and all these different kinds of things to the people. This is where he went and found his disciples, called them, asked them to follow him. And so two years in, it's about a year and a half left before Jesus is crucified, Jesus takes these disciples, many of them I believe are young men, and he takes them on a spiritual retreat. He gets away from the, from the, the I guess you could call it the rat race of ministry or the rat race of life. He kind of steps aside from the celebrity culture where he centered his ministry around Galilee. And he goes some 25 miles north of there and some 120 miles north of Jerusalem. 
He wants to stay, he's staying away from kind of all the things that are being communicated and talked about, all the Pharisees and, 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 and the kind of the hypocritical messages that are, people are saying about him. And he gets them away for a conversation. It says that they go to a region that we would know today as the northern region of, of, of Palestine. And here it was called Caesarea Philippi. I love being able to say, I love, I love that name, Caesarea Philippi. I'll tell people, I'll say, man, if you're ever in a debate with somebody and you really don't know an answer, you don't really have a comeback, you don't really know what to say, just look at them and go, oh yeah, Caesarea Philippi, and just walk off, okay? I don't know what that, what, would, what, what, what does that mean? Well, they wouldn't know what it means either. And you would just walk away, you know? That may not be funny to you, but I kind of thought it was funny, but nevertheless, Jesus takes his disciples to this region, and this would be a place, as a young follower of Jesus, as a young man, it's probably a place your mom and your daddy told you, don't ever go to Caesarea Philippi. It's a place that is, that is full of, of paganism, all kinds of religions. And um, there was a temple there that Herod built for Caesar Augustus. There was, uh, it was a hub of Baal worship. The, the, the Greek god Pan, which was a goat god, was his, his place, his central place of worship was there. And so Jesus takes his fellas to that place. And he begins to have some conversations with them. He asks them, he says, what are people saying about me? Okay, let's take a, let's take a poll today. Let's, let's take a poll and see what you're hearing about me. And so, you know, if you're in elementary school and it's that kid in the classroom going, oh, 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 maybe that's the way they're doing, oh, 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 me, pick me, pick me. Okay, who are, some saying that you're John the Baptist that has come back from the dead. Okay, he was beheaded. He was beheaded and they're saying, man, you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. And he said, some are saying that you are Elijah. You're Elijah coming back in his, in his powerful ministry. Others are saying you're Jeremiah and, and, and you're the prophet Jeremiah. One speaks to the, to the, to the, to the authority of the, of the word. One speaks to the heart of the word. One speaks to the ministry of the word. But all of these different things, they're seeing Jesus in all these different lights. But in Matthew 16, verse 15, Jesus, remember, the New Testament is about fulfillment. It's not about announcements. It's not about taking polls of people. If anybody ever wants to know or ask the question, who is Jesus Christ? You're not gonna find the answer to that, taking polls of people. Jesus looked directly at his disciples and he said, great, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? This is a turning point not just in the Gospel of Matthew, really not even here just in the life of the disciples. This is a turning point in history. This is a place where these men have to make a decision. And Peter is probably one of the older ones of the group and he maybe has become the spokesperson of the group. Peter speaks up and this is what he says. Peter answered and he said, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And so when he says that, Jesus says to him, he said, you didn't come up with this on your own, Peter. The Holy Spirit of God put that inside of you and allowed you to communicate that truth. 
This is a powerful statement, a declaration from a group of men who are not perfect, who are gonna make many more mistakes and problems are gonna arise in, through, and around their life. But here in this moment, Peter makes an announcement, a declaration of who Jesus is. And see, today, we're gonna talk about through Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, the glory of God has been given a face, a face that we can see. And Jesus is God made visible. Jesus is simply God's last word to mankind. He is the climax of heavenly revelation. And today, I think it's important for us to really dive into the word Christ because it is not his last name, it is his title. And when you begin to learn and understand the title of Christ, you see how powerfully it can impact who you are and how you live. Today, let's talk about the position of Jesus the Christ as prophet, priest, and king. First, let's look at him as the prophet because when they referenced the Christ throughout the Old Testament, when they talked about the Messiah, they knew that there was one coming. There was one coming that would perfectly embody all three, prophet, priest, and king, spokesperson for God, mediator to God, and the ruler over all of God's creation. And there were, there were, there were places where they would, I mean, they had prophets, they had priests, they had kings, but all were sinful, all were fallible, all made mistakes, all were not, they weren't all three in one. But Jesus changed all of that. Jesus, the Old Testament is about announcements. The New Testament is about fulfillment. And there is a great bridge being built in the Gospel of Matthew. He bridges the two together and he shows us the position of Jesus the Christ as prophet, priest, and king. In Hebrews, Hebrews chapter one, the book begins like this. Long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. And this is what they would say throughout the Old Testament. This is a word from the Lord. They would say, thus says the Lord. When they would communicate, when they would talk to the people and declare the message that God would give them to say, they would say, this is what God said. Thus says the Lord. What you see in the Gospel of Matthew, specifically in Matthew chapters five, six, and seven in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus doesn't say, thus saith the Lord. Jesus says, I say to you. You have heard that it was said this, but I say to you, I'm telling you, I'm speaking to you with authority from God. Long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. But the writer of Hebrews says, but in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him 
heir of all things and made the universe through him. He said the sun is the radiance of God's glory. He is the beam of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature. In other words, when you see Jesus, you see God. He's sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. When we talk about Jesus as prophet, in fulfilling the role as prophet, Jesus is a proclaimer of the future and a spokesman of God. When Jesus spoke, he spoke with the authority of God. Jesus Christ, in his prophetic role, is the last word on any subject. He has the final say on everything. That is different. The problem with many people today is this. We don't allow the one, we don't allow the one chosen and anointed to be the final word, to have the final say in our life. We don't do that. We don't mind Jesus having a part or having a word, but Jesus is the final authority. What that means is when we mix any other word with the word of God, we are canceling out the truth of God's word. In other words, Jesus has the final say, the final word on everything, and we go to his word to find that. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus has the final authority over your identity and your gender. Jesus has the final authority over marriage. Jesus has the final authority over your finances, over government, over everything in our life. He is the final word over everything. He is the one that came from heaven to speak with the authority of God. He's not speaking for God. He is speaking as God. You see, Jesus is Jesus the Christ is the beginning and the end of all truth. We want to talk about living our truth? I don't want to live my truth. I want to live the truth. And if we're going to live by the truth or be lived by what is true, then we've got to go to the place that communicates it. Jesus the Christ, his position, his position is as prophet, priest, and king He embodies all three, and they come together perfectly. Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the ultimate prophet of God. Number two, you are also the priest of God, the great high priest. There was a high priest in Jerusalem. They formed the priesthood. There was a high priest who was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies, the inner room, and make atonement for sins for a nation. But but it was always temporary. It was never permanent. In Hebrews chapter four, we see this. Therefore, the writer of Hebrews says, since we have a great high priest. The people of Jerusalem understood the priesthood. Today we may reference that in Catholicism and in the Catholic Church today or maybe even in the church where we see pastors and shepherds and leaders that, that, are, that, are, that are communicating God's word. We'll see that and, and we'll recognize them as, as a part of the priesthood. Well, there is a great high priest. There was one that was promised to come in the Old Testament and he came and fulfilled the role through the person of Jesus the Christ. Therefore, since we have a great high priest 
who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Today in the Catholic Church, you'll go and you'll make confession. And you'll sit with a, with a screen in between you and you'll confess your sins and the priest will give you something that you will do. Here in our setting, we'll ask you to confess your sins, but not to me. Confess them to the one who is able to forgive you. I can't give you forgiveness. I can't. There is nothing about me that can give you any kind of forgiveness. I might listen and help your conscience, but I don't want my conscience to be my God. I want the Lord Jesus Christ who offers me ultimate forgiveness to be the one that I confess to. And that's the one that you confess to as well. As priest, as priest, Jesus fulfills the role of mediator between us and God. That was the role of the priest then. The priest would mediate between God and man. The prophet would speak from God to man. The priest would mediate between man and God. And so Jesus became the ultimate mediator and give us access to God the Father. Here, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. We don't. Jesus understood all of those things. He, he went through all of this because he lived on this earth, but one who has been tested in every way as we are, yet he was without sin. To fulfill the role as priest of God, the great high priest, you had to be sinless. You had to undergo the same temptations and, and struggle with the same weaknesses, be tested in every way, but be found without sin. Verse 16, therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness. See, when I have a mediator, when I have a mediator and I have someone that I know that I can count on, that I'm confident that they're gonna speak on my behalf, they're gonna be there for me to represent me. I have confidence. I have a greater confidence in that. If I'm going into a courtroom and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to stand in front of a jury or a judge, I don't wanna be my own defendant. I wanna, I wanna have somebody there that represents me that is ready, that is prepared, that is able to speak on my behalf. Let us approach the throne of grace. And remember, grace has a name with boldness so that we may receive mercy, mercy, and find grace to help us at the proper time. You see, Christ is a high priest who can understand how we feel. He understands our pain, our loneliness, our weaknesses. He can even relate to us in death. You know why? He experienced all of these things. The position of Jesus the Christ. Why would I give my life to Jesus? Because of the position that he holds as prophet. The one who speaks the message of God, but he is not speaking, he's not even speaking for God, he's speaking as God, as priest the one who is in the middle that mediates between me and God, who is always there, and finally, as king. As king, prophet, 
priest and king. Colossians 1. Paul is writing a message to the people of Colossae, the church. Paul said, I have become the church's servant. I'm a servant of the church according to God's administration. In 2 Corinthians 5, he says, we are ambassadors for Christ. It is as though God is, in, in, is pleading with, through us to, to mankind, to the world, to be reconciled to God. And, and so here, God has an administration. Why? We're talking about his kingly rule. Paul said, according to God's administration that was given to me for you to make God's message fully known. And this is it. The mystery hidden for ages, the Old Testament ages and generations before now, but has been revealed to his saints. It was a mystery. It was a mystery spoken about. They, they talked about it in the Old Testament, but it was announcements. It was speaking as though, man, there was something kind of tinted that was barring us from seeing everything clearly. But through Jesus, the message was fulfilled. And this is the mystery God wanted to make known among the Gentiles, the glory glorious wealth of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The mystery of this entire journey of life is Christ as prophet, priest, and king coming to live inside of you and being a part of your life. Jesus, the Christ, holds the official appointed title of king over everything. Unfortunately, a lot of people relate Jesus to how we do the presidency today. If I didn't vote for this president, he may be president, but he's not my president. Well, I get it, it's Christmas. I mean, we'll open gifts, we'll talk about baby Jesus, we'll do all of these things. He may be the Christ, but he's not my Christ. See, the title alone gives us the description of who he is and what he came to do as prophet, speaking God's message to us, as priest, interceding and mediating on our behalf, and as king, as ruler over everything. The question today might be, okay, how do I let Christ rule over me? How do I let Jesus the Christ rule over me? If he's prophet, priest, and king, and he's going to meet me in these areas and do these things for me on my behalf, how do I let him as king rule over me? Number one, it begins with faith in him. It begins with placing your faith in him and him alone, trusting him, opening the door of your life, allowing him in to come into your life to be a part of it. It leads to applying his word to your life, making this book a part of your life. I'll tell you, this is very simple. You could take and go to your app store. You could download the Southside Church app and you can find our weekend events. You can find sermon notes there. You can find a reading plan. You can find discussion questions, study questions. You can find all kinds of ways to help you understand this book better. 
And it begins with faith in him, but it leads to applying his word to your life. He is, he is prophet, priest, and king. And finally, it is seen by letting go and obeying him. Letting go of the things that we hold on to so tightly. And we let it go. And we begin walking out this life and obeying him. See, when you trust the Christ to work in you and through you, I believe you'll find the ability to go above what you have ever thought you could ever do. Why? Because Jesus is the Christ and he is more than enough to take you higher than you ever dreamed. See, Jesus is the one that you're looking for. And today, I would love the opportunity to introduce him to you. Jesus the Christ, the son of the living God. I'm not asking who he is to somebody else. I'm asking, who is he to you? And today, I'm asking you to invite him into your heart. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's what you would like to do today. Maybe you would take just a moment and pray this with me. Believe this in your heart, signifying opening the door and letting him come in. Pray this. Say, God, Father God, I believe in you. And I believe you love me so much that you sent your son to be my savior. Say to Jesus, Jesus, forgive me for my sin. By your grace and restore me to you. Say to him, Jesus, be the Savior and Lord of my life. I'm ready. I'm ready to follow you and I say yes to you today. Listen, if you prayed that with me, let us know. Let us know in the comment section. Let us know today. Go to the app and let us know. I accepted Christ today as my Savior. I said yes to Jesus. Now what? Let us help you take that step because this is what it is. It's kind of like coffee. It's drinking, taking a cup of black coffee and then you take the creamer and you pour that sweet creamer in it and you take that stir stick or that spoon and you stir it up. You stir it up and that creamer just becomes a part of that cup of coffee. And then you drink it and you make it a part of your life. Gee, that's exactly that we are the cup of coffee. And Jesus is the creamer that we pour into that. And he's not just to be on top. He's not just to be a part of that. You just stir him into every aspect of your life. I'll tell you, he's the sweetest thing you'll ever taste. Love to see you at Southside. Come and join us. Make, make, make your presence known, man. Let us meet you, see you face to face. Uh, if not, I hope to see you next week here and I pray you have a very Merry Christmas. If you made that decision today to say, yes, I do want to choose Jesus. I do want to acknowledge him as my personal Lord and Savior. Congratulations. We could not be more excited for you. And we want to help you in that process and answer any questions that you might have and provide you resources. To do that, simply text Jesus, that's J-E-S-U-S, to 706-449-0870. And one of our pastors on staff will be in touch with you because we want to help you as you walk out your faith. If you thought, you know what, I would like to contribute to all that God is doing in and through Southside. I would like to partner with them. You can do that in three simple ways. First, you can text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 706-449-0870. Secondly, you can do it on the Southside app in the GIVE tab. Lastly, Southside.online. You can do it through the GIVE section on our website. Thank you so much for being here with us today, and we hope you have a great rest of your week.